You just heard a snippet of One Love. Today, the world mourns an icon. Um, I'd like everyone to sort of please observe a, a silent moment of reflection and respect for John Ecstasy Fletcher of the pioneering rap group Houdini, who died today at the very young age of 56. Um, words can't express you know, the tremendous grief that our community and the world is experiencing over the tragedy of this past year, but this certainly adds additional additional grief. Um, I think we're we're just all stunned, and our sympathies uh, go out to Ecstasy and his family and, and friends. So, please, if you would join me in a moment of silence. Thank you. Thank you yes, so much. Yes. Losing a lot of legends out here, man. Uh, oh, yeah. It's crazy to know that he, he's gone. Um, rest in peace to an OG. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. It certainly is a, a huge, I think, just a tremendous loss for for everyone. I, I It really hit me hard, I think, when Larry Smith, um, who was the pioneering producer for Houdini and gave us hits like Freaks Come Out at Night and all of the Escape album, um, which I think that that album has always been really resonant for me because as somebody who sings and raps, Houdini helped to pioneer that. I mean, their albums mm -hmm. were in the top five on the R&B singles chart, which is um, which is very new for hip hop acts, right? There, Larry Smith was previously producing for a Run DMC. And so very distinct, different types of sounds. And for a London-based label like Jive Records, I mean, Houdini really shaped their future, um, especially when it comes to urban music. So just such a, uh, such a tremendous loss, I think. So, so much respect, man. Houdini are like real, real, real OG, like, like the pioneers of the form. Um, so yeah, a huge, huge loss. Um, we're Grande Lock. We're Grande Lock. We talk hip hop to the old heads. Um, we are creators of hip hop, lovers of hip hop, and uh, you know we're here to talk about great music that is current and classic. And uh, you know, it's tough to have to start a show that way. I, you know, I feel like those days are 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 coming fast and furious, unfortunately. And uh, you know, hopefully we uh, get to keep our legends around and appreciate them while they're here. Um, so that was beautiful, Tia. I appreciate that. Um, that's Tia Abner, of course, our spectacular co-host. Yes. Tia. Merry early Christmas. We're recording this on yes. December 23rd. So I hope you're going to have a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful holiday with your family. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, I think, just getting, I don't know why, just, I feel like getting past the holiday. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the break, you know, just kind of 
having it behind me a little bit. I hear you. I hear you. And our third co-host, the inimitable one himself, the grandiloquent one, Artemis. Artemis Thompson, aka. Artemis. Why I gotta be third? <laughs> Why I gotta because be third? ladies, because ladies first, and I'm the and I'm and I'm the ladies <laughs> first, ladies first. Ooh. Hey. Why gotta be third though? It's messed up. My, my mama, my mama raised a gentleman. So okay, all right. Fair always, enough. Always, fair always, enough. always. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are. You know, we're, we're talking hip hop to the old heads tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about what's going on with our famed break dancer, Crazy Legs. Apparently, there's some serious drama going on. And this is all happening just as breakdancing is going to be an Olympic sport. We're going to see yes. it in the Olympics whenever, whenever the next Olympics is, uh, mm -hmm. I guess. But, uh, you know, it's starting to gain real mainstream credibility as an art form. And uh, I, 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 for one, am totally here for that. And so we want to find out what's going on with one of the, the real legends in the game. And we're going to talk about the new Rock Marciano album. Uh, it is, uh, spoiler alert, it's pretty dope. <laughs> it's Mount Marcy, and uh, it's fun. It's fun. Rock is always a good a good listen. Um, I, I I don't know about you guys. I like I love his like his deadpan delivery. I feel like it just it makes his it makes his funnier line. He's kind of like Quelle Chris in that way. It makes his funnier lines even funnier when he's kind of like <laughs> delivering them in that deadpan. So we're gonna talk the new Rock Marciano. Uh, then we take turns, always picking a classic album. This week was my turn to pick, and we're gonna we're gonna chop it up a little bit about Gangstar's Moment of Truth, 1998. We're gonna go back back in time, and uh, you know relive that one. That's DJ Premier. That's Guru. Um, that's you know that's and that's those guys really at the to me to, in my estimation at the height of their game. So uh, looking forward to talking about that album and getting to you and Artemis, your guys' thoughts on it. So um, why don't we jump right in, Tia? Tell us what is going on. What's going on with Crazy Legs? Oh, so this is, let me, let me start by saying that um, knowing Crazy Legs personally, and, and I have a very distinct i think relationship with crazy legs because he actually um saved the life of someone who i i, I care about very much and um i won't say who that person is but just the fact that he he saved somebody's life who was very near and dear to me during a moment uh, of porter rock study which is an event that uh celebrates um, the Puerto Rock Study Foundation um, that is held in Puerto Rico annually and uh, towards the end of May, early part of June. And um, yeah, a wonderful stand-up being from my personal experience, right? But I think, um, as you said, we, we everybody has sort of uh, things that are happening. I think this is the year of uh, exposure and the year of things being swept from under the carpet and what has been done in the dark is all coming to head right now. So Crazy Legs, it just as, as we said, is sort of breakings become an Olympic sport is being represented at the 2024 Paris Games and uh, Rocksteady crew legend, Crazy Legs, um, who's also, you know, whose real name is Richard Cologne, was involved 
um, with, with obviously with the Olympics and on the committee. Um, and then recently a petition was circulated online um, claiming some misconduct um, on Crazy Legs' behalf that he has a history of sending salacious photos, I'll say, to young women. Um, he was accused of also for, for sexual assault um, and a lot of other harassment claims as well. Um, uh, Richard Colon, AKA Crazy Legs is the founder of Rocksteady Crew. And um, one of the things that was noted was that he's been using his power of influence in that space to harass women, particularly young um, B-girls who are coming up um, in the B-girl community um, who you know just didn't really always have an outlet to say someone was doing this to me. And apparently his friends did know about it um, and had some of them had distanced themselves from him. So this is uh, not new, but he's also involved with um, Red Bull as well as a, a brand ambassador for Red Bull. And so this is just, you know, I think we, we've had these conversations, I think a couple of times now actually. And you think about the fact we just talked about someone uh, last on the last show. And now here we are with more sort of misconduct in our, in our community, in our space and you know, predatory behavior again. And again, the idea of what it means to be complicit when you're watching these behaviors and that even though his friends had distanced themselves that they knew about it and didn't bring it to light. And um, Crazy Legs did, did issue a statement and, and said that he was having some bouts of depression and um, you know, not 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 to be disrespectful, but that's not a, a, a scapegoat, right? For your actions, um, mm -hmm. I think he didn't really hold himself accountable for his actions. He blamed this deep depression and fear of you know, sort of being exposed that led him to continue to sort of do this and be very self destructive and. Um, anyway, not confronting those demons. So I think he's, he mentioned that he would, he is open to getting help. His friends have asked, have made public calls and said, you know, I, I want to stand by you, but I can't do that if you don't get help. So he has community members who said, I want to help you get help. And that, you know, the fact that he has that support, but it's, I think it's such a, a difficult space. Cause one, there was a lot of underage girls, one as young as 13 that he was messaging, um, and with predatory behavior and on grooming and sending photos of you know genitalia it was just really is 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 just disheartening i i don't know what to say i was really hoping that this would be something that wasn't true um but you yeah. know anyway so that's where that's where we stand with the crazy legs situation mm. artemis speak up here <sighs> Look, man, I don't. I'm not trying to make. I don't want to make light of this or be funny about it. But I read that article where he was talking about he was depressed mm -hmm. and he sent dick pics. I was like, that's the last thing I'm going to want to do if I'm depressed. Like I'm going to want to talk to somebody. That. I was just like, I don't understand how depression and sending a dick pic to somebody are connected at all. Can I explain it to you? Can I explain it to you? Because. Are you sure? uh, because depression, depression comes about when you're about to lose your career. <laughs> a lot of depression comes about when you're about to lose your career. But, but, but Ian, that. he's saying that this is, be, he's saying during the process of sending the photos is his reasoning for doing it is the blaming. And that's why I think it's an issue. I, one, I think 
blaming, you know, there's people who really struggle with depression. And if that's a mental health concern, like, especially as, as men, right. I feel like that's not something that a lot of men are willing to say. And yet you're now kind of ridiculing it, which is, I think, you know, but I mean, look, you, you, you just, I don't see that as, I don't want to say that as a, isn't a valid excuse or anything, but my thing is, you know, there, there are people who have perceptions about getting help or getting counseling in this manner. It's like, mm-hmm. that's probably the thing you should just off the break do, you should do. It's sad that we haven't looked at, well, I don't want to say we haven't. It's sad that breakdancing gets up to this point in one of its like leading like faces of it gets mm-hmm. caught up in this because let's be real the music kind of left breaking alone like mm-hmm. the, the elements of hip-hop got divided up nobody wants to talk about it but it's so true breaking yeah. kind of got left in the dust and it just became it became one of the things that the youth gravitated to and a lot of other people gravitated to, and it became its own thing. And for it to now have this, have it where it's become an Olympic sport, and there are still people who are involved with it in the community, this is so sad to me. Yeah. You know, it's very disheartening to, to to see that this has happened. And I hope he does get the help he he's looking for, and the public <laughs> has told him to get. So that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, a classic me too. I mean, I'm certainly not minimizing mental illness or anything like that. Um, but I'm always skeptical of somebody who's going through PR troubles, suddenly copying to mental illness and almost trying to use that as an excuse mm-hmm. for what is just real, what is bad behavior? I mean, it's, it's bad behavior. It's using a position of authority to try to get you know, try to get girls, to try to get laid, and look, powerful men True. in every industry, not just in breakdancing or in hip-hop, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, female yeah. lawyers coming up will tell you horror stories. Female doctors coming up will tell you horror stories. It's uh-huh. men in position of power over usually younger, often much younger women, and they feel that they that that power gives them certain licenses that it does not that it does not and you know i and 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 i appreciate what you're saying tia that you know you 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 know him personally and 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 i have and i don't doubt in any way shape or form your impressions that you've drawn from your interactions with him i think Mm -hmm. people are complicated and yeah. Know, we all screw up. We all do things. We all get out of, over our skis and, and, uh, you know, yeah. And, 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 and if he is suffering from depression, everybody who is struggling with mental illness should have access to, and should be able to, to, to get that help. Mm-hmm. Um, this seemed, this seemed to me as I read through it, like a kind of just a classic me too, of a powerful, yeah man in a position of authority over women abusing that authority mm-hmm. you know try to for sexual gratification or or whatever and yeah. that's not acceptable that's you know that's 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 never been acceptable but it's been it's it's not an uncommon story yeah not mm-hmm. an uncommon. 
not an uncommon story, but but sad nonetheless. Uh, you know, I'm, I imagine I'm curious what Rocksteady Crew is going to uh, uh, input and and contribution is going to be to the American breakdancing Olympic effort. Mm-hmm. Looking forward, looking forward to that. Whenever, whenever the hell we have Olympics again, I guess. Yeah, yeah 2024 <laughs> is going to be if we if we who knows. I that's we're so in an unprecedented space. We don't even know yeah. if we'll have. Um, because the the issue is the the um, qualifying games that yeah. happened yeah. in 2021. Whether those will be, ha- yeah, it, we we don't know. Crazy. We could be we could be Planet of the Apes by 2024. <laughs> yeah, Who knows? Wait till, COVID, wait till COVID 21 hits. <laughs> I don't know. Don't speak that in existence. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? I realize this. I don't know enough other names of breakers like I like to. You know, and that's very very disheartening because you we, everybody's heard the name Crazy Legs. That's yeah. the, absolutely. That's the that's the that's been the one thing that struck me because I'm just like, that person is like the leading face. Like if you thought about, like if somebody didn't know about like <laughs> breaking like that, you you put it, you'd be like, oh yeah, you heard of crazy. Like, oh yeah, that's the guy that break dances. Da, da, da. Yeah. He's become the face of the, of, of like, the community. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And right, without like and, somebody doesn't yeah. listen to rap, listen to Jay-Z. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's why it's so pervasive oh. because it's sort of like it leaves a sour taste. But like Ian, you said it right, is it doesn't matter which industry and it's across the board now. But at the same time, I think, you know, taking accountability is so important. And, and sure. you know, for those people who are like, yeah, that's not an that's not an apology. It's an excuse, but the apology is buried under, you know, a six paragraphs of an of of an excuse for depression and you know for people that are really dealing with these issues it's almost a smack in their face because it's saying that well my mental health you know the way that i dealt with it was being predatory and you know just using my position and rock steady crew to you know to lure young women that's not a, like i don't get it like artemis said it doesn't come people are very much putting that well where in depression does it you know, coerce you is coercion a part of it's just it's ridiculous. I I can't with any Yeah, I mean we're not we're not we're not we're not medical practitioners. I don't think any of us is in a position to diagnose, but uh I would just say from a PR perspective, I think he would have been better served to instead of like leaning into depression or whatever, to just have said, Look, you know, I I'm realizing now how I was acting and totally inappropriate and there's no excuse. And I realize I'm just going to have to work hard to gain people's trust back, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm recognizing I did wrong. I want to make it right. And I want to be a better person. That would have been to me better than, you know, absolutely going into kind of like excuse making. So yeah, see, I don't know, man, if I'm depressed, I'm either going to, I'm either going to talk to my counselor I'm a good friend, Jack Daniels. I don't know, but <laughs> but that's yeah. how I feel. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know very. I don't know very many depressed. I, I, again, I'm not a practitioner, but I don't know many depressed people who are out there like uh, uh, imposing themselves on, on other exactly. people. I feel like depressed people tend to tend to close off the world. But but I'm not. Uh, I'm not reading out of the DSM five or right. anything like that. Exactly. So. Um, all right, all right. 
why don't we uh why don't we come back on the other side guys and let's talk the rock marciano joint yes all right Yes, yes. Again, that was the great, great Houdini. One love. Um, we're sending up all love, all love to Ecstasy, his family, and all of his friends. Um, so, as you know, here in Grande Lac, we always like to talk about new stuff that we're that we're digging, and also talk some classic, classic hip hop albums. So this week, the new the new joint that we're going to review is the new Rock Marciano album, Mount Marcy. So, Artemis, give me your like overall thoughts on Rock Marciano. I guess in general, like, well, you know, what are your thoughts about uh, about him as an MC and, and 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 you know, record maker, and and what did you think of this record overall? Man, he's. He's been able to usher in a new style of hip hop that I don't think a lot of people um, could really adapt to at first. It was so ahead of its time. I mean, we—I remember me and Tia, we did a—we did like an interview with him. I think mm-hmm. on Illustrated Grooves. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff he went through, which is the game. And um, he is—I want to say—he really is the forefather of the the no drums style of music yeah. of hip hop. And a lot of people like these guys, like, you know, Crime Apple or, um, geez, I mean. Hus Kingpin. Hus Kingpin. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like a Ito. Anakin. uh... All of them. Yeah, yeah, all of them. (laughs) Just a bunch of those guys are, um, they just really, like, kind of, like, came after, like, Rob Marciano, like, created this wave of just this style. And it's funny when you see him, um. We see him perform. He's very energetic. This is the this is the tricky part about his records. He's very calm, and you know, and you say like he has a deadpan or style, or whatever. And it's true. But you see him perform, it's crazy because like mm-hmm. you expect him to just kind of stand in one spot. No, he moves around a lot. Yeah, and he has his crew with him, and he's like flashy, nice looking, like with, like fresh, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like it's a dope aesthetic. Cause it's like, it's it's like it's very like, like in ah, I don't know how to put it. It's very like layered street shit that he keeps like, like uh, dropping in his verses, and like he he gets a it gets, he gets into a very unorthodox delivery with it, and I just I, in every album I've heard from him I've liked you know every album has been dope, and he keeps because he's consistent with the vibe too, so yeah yeah. Yeah, I like his. Uh, uh, I feel like the beats are really minimalist, and that allows his his like his wordplay, um, which I think is great. Um, yeah, it's like just that 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 solid kind of like I don't want to say monotone. It's definitely not monotone, but it's kind of like a just a deadpan delivery, and that makes he's a guy who has like really really funny lines, and so I feel like it makes those lines kind of hit a little mm-hmm. harder. He, in his style in many ways reminds me of like Quelle Chris of just, um, you know, kind of like staying within a, a, a 
very narrow vocal range, um, which kind of allows your like, kind of like left and center uh, yeah. uh, sense of humor to come through. Yeah. 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 I never noticed that, um, but I, but that's a, it's a good comparison actually. I think I, I always joke, I call for me, rock Marcy is one of my, I feel like in modern days, one of my most um, important influences um, it has always been, I mean, since early days of, of him being in the UN and, and part of uh, you know, Flip Mode Squad, but I think even more so now him finding his sound, one, as an entrepreneur, and two, I always say that when I explain his aesthetic, I'm like, it's it's the dope boy who got a Series 7 and decided, you know, he's going to make money on Wall Street, but he's really, you know, he's more more progressed at that because his, right, it's, it's like kind of kind of a little bit like I'm not quite in the boardroom, um, but I've got my, you know, sort of executive opportunities on, I can, I can move units in a way. So yeah. I like that. He really combines for me, like this little bit of a tradition of like the golden era, but at the same time, all this, like, like you said, I'm just one of this new, new age, um, for forefather or ancestor of a lot of the new age guys from Griselda, especially with, I mean, their success is largely due in mm. part to his sound to, um, you know, sort of making, making that a, a sound that they, they would use foundation. Yeah. So I just, yeah, this album Mount Marcy for me is just, is a great album. I mean, it's, a, uh, it's not coming of age in that way, but I think it eighth studio album, you know, it's him showcasing, I think, right. MC slash producer. And this is, I think him fusing and weaving in those things mm -hmm. seamlessly. And then it's also the fact that like the features, because you know who the the fact that he's been able to feature the artists that he has and someone like yeah. Stove God Cooks who he's sort of mentoring as an as a new artist um, and then Schoolboy Q to an Action Bronson who's a constant collaborator and then you know Cool Keith which I feel like is you know kind of a forefather of that you know pimps wearing don't wear rabbit styles as <laughs> like <Yo>. the whole <laughs> I swear I was listening to the album. And I literally was thinking, where is Cool Keith on this album? He has to be on here, right? Yeah. I didn't even know he was featured on the album. That song came up. I was like, I'll be damned. He's on the album. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, um, man. And isn't it like, what What was your impression? You got it, Rock. You... We'll, we'll talk about it. I want to hear, share when we talk about that song, your impression <laughs> of it. So I know we're going to start with um, cool. COVID cough. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump in. Let's jump into these songs here and really uh, start 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 digging into a couple of these cuts. So the first yeah. one, Artemis, you wanted to hear, or was it Artemis or was it T? I can't remember which is. Uh, um, somebody wanted to hear COVID uh -huh. cough, which is a which is a dope number. Let's listen to it and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know we came for. You know why we here. You know gay the hard who can't all the shade off, the numbers on the 380 shaved off, 30 shots sprayed off, take you off like a stray dog, your days are short like the rain sport, pop a space champagne cork, paint your brain on the wall of 40 bulldog, my aerosol, knock an eyeball out your skull, 
flush you out that hole you've been hiding in. You high on the list, the homies gonna fly you in. Oh, you must have forgot I'm rich, I'm a project kid. And you my next project kid. Bitch, shoulda had you fixed, shoulda had you a wrench. A drill bit, shit, I ain't did a drill in a bit. Give him a clip, baby, squeal like a pig. Life's a bitch, just tried to throw grits on a pimp and miss. You miss me, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like that is a plus a plus wordplay right yes. there, um, and and it's such a simple beat, you know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to minimize it because a lot of times that's the genius mm-hmm. in music, is boiling something down to just like an essence. But that 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 feels like something that any 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 person with you know with Pro Tools and and a, and a MacBook can 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 come up with yeah. and just loop it, loop it, and and then you know kind of just bring it down and just brings his voice up to the to to the fore. Yeah. Um, and then he does. And then he just just does a great job with delivery. His flow is just it's on point. It's on point. This is a this is a really good one. I actually I was. Um, I was actually kind of hoping we would talk about the the song before because uh, uh, it's the downtown eighty one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm loving, I'm loving, I'm loving. I was loving the Kobe Bryant flex on Jalen Rose from the grave yeah. <laughs> through Rock Marciano's voice. Um, Obviously, I'm a Michigan guy. I got nothing but love for Jalen, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he got but he got did. But he got did by Kobe, <laughs> and Kobe never let him. Forget never it. let him forget it. So, and that's a great yeah. song. And I, you know what? I thought it was even was greater great too because that's one of the songs that I don't know if he knew in advance it would be a single because Jake One is on the beat there, and like you know, uh-huh. Seattle's finest, one of well, one of Seattle's finest. Um, uh, I feel like my friends from Seattle, Seattle's finest too. But yeah, that Jake. Oh yeah, One, they are. <laughs> See, yeah, you gotta love that track downtown 81 too. Oh, downtown 81 is a good one. You know, well, COVID it's crazy. Talk. I heard it's tough. Well, ahead, this ahead. is the thing when you talk about like his minimalist beats, and I did talk about like he started that style of taking out the drums. So, this is back to that, that time me and T and a couple of our friends got to talk to him. He actually said that, you know, he took the drums out of his uh, beats and all that just so the drums wouldn't distract from his voice. Yeah, with that style for the whole time, and it just became something different. Now right. he used to not always rap like that. Apparently, back when he was he was in the UN, right? Yes, yep. he was in a group yep. called the UN. Yeah, a long time exactly. ago. The album the album came out came out a little bit later, and I can't remember the whole situation. But that I just remember that situation was like a, a very it's kind of like a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. But like. When he got back into like doing music, he started applying that a lot, you know. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? And the, the crazier thing, uh, uh, crazy, uh, crazier fact about him is that he has connections to Carson Daly. So in some of his songs, mm-hmm. he will mention Carson Daly, yeah. but like it's just it's just like he got the hookup from Carson Daly. I don't know how he did it, but a lot of his success comes from that man. So imagine yeah. MTV's Carson Daly hooking up somebody like Rock Marciano to the point he's an independent like artist that's being able to like just get like all these fans in a massive cult following. 
Dude, Carson Daly's on the Today Show now, man. So, anyway. Yeah, he is. I know, right? That's crazy. <laughs> so, it, shout out to Carson Daly for helping out Rock Marciano. Music is thrown up. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I got off topic a little bit. But Cole, no, Cole, that was, that was important to talk about because I think any, you saying that I think lends itself to to even remarking that this album was only released on Rock Marciano's website, um, right. as, and it was a forty dollar download. So it was not released to streaming, and he's commanded that kind of a cult following where he does no longer have to release things on streaming for weeks and. Before he, you know, continues, he gets his cut off the top, as they say. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm all for, I'm all for artists doing whatever they have to do to monetize because it would be basically become a, a commodity society when it comes to art. We just expect it for free because, mm-hmm. of the, you know, yep. because, because the internet and and yeah. uh, uh, and and what we've done in the process is just devalued art. Um, that's true which totally I think of myself as an artist and i definitely think of the two of you as artists and it's mm-hmm. it's a sad it's a sad state so i'm all for anybody you know get your dollars get your dollars yeah. exactly so um covid cough I, I wrote down cool minimalist beat um not a lot going on musically but uh, the wordplay i thought was like really really solid on yes COVID cough in it i like he says he's hemingway with the pen right like that is absolutely for me right i ernest hemingway is one of my favorites and i'm just like you know what i i can feel that i i i co-sign and schoolboy q adds to the the dimension of that song (laughs) kind of for me plays that role on his on tde too so i just love that yeah. Schoolboy Q never, never, never detracts from a track. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no doubt. All right. All right. Let's get to our next one here. We're, this is a song called Eye of Horror. So let's hear it. While the champagne corks blow, I make a whole walk slowly. This corn's on its toes. I got these horse throats in a stronghold. That's where the Chief J strong bow. I feel like Horace and all this gold. What I look like is snow and blow. The road don't soften the blow. So much snow, I should have brought my 40 blows. Made San Diego look like Buffalo. Still rocks and boots and bucket loaf. Stuff to stuff and the won't close. Spilling hundos. My hunk in the bowl once belonged to Dutch souls. Poke up to my elbows. I still own the elephant man's bones. Red stones make my hands look like Thanos. You disappear to the near hole. The clip on the hammer's black plant no I ain't planning to go. I'm prepared for the smoke. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I I of horror. I'm trying to figure out to you, and you're the you're the person to ask. Are those is that is that live instrumentation or is that a uh is that a sample? That's a sample, definitely. I, I, I thought um, it was a sample. Yeah. And that 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 track, yeah. Anyway, the music, I, I love that sample. It is a live instrumentation, um, but not you know not played live. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was a perfect use of the sample when when Artemis is saying it's it's almost like or you both have been kind of talking about the minimalist sound, but the way that he kind of delivers that in a, such a unique way because right. it can you know it can yeah. change the the contrast of the track if it's such a minimalist track that like you he's over top of the mix but he really knows how to mix 
too. So as a producer, I wonder how much mm -hmm. he's involved with with uh, with the mixing. Yeah. So so I realize yeah. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. You may not know. Do you know what that sample is? Do you know what it? Do you know what I don't know is? what that sample is. No. Yeah. Uh, because it's like it's like you t you 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 can what? take you can take it you can take a simple sample you can take it just like a, a, a small little you know five to eight second you know kind of loop but but like the music okay. that he grabbed there was really rich it was like a guitar with a wah and some strings yeah like you know so it's it's minimalist in that he's taking a small sample out of a song um and 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 looping it but like the sample that he's taking i thought was really musically rich and of course, anytime you yeah, are going to reference is. Thanos, do it, <laughs> anytime you reference Thanos, you. <laughs> yeah, <I mean>. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, yes. And I love that Stove God Cooks is on here. I I've been following yeah, he's dope. Stove God since he was mm -hmm. Aaron Cooks, um, and with the you know just light skinned little small guy with the big afros, and I don't know, he's probably about sixteen or seventeen when I saw him on. Uh, Rosenberg show freestyling and I said I knew then he was super shy right like um, that was when he was still being uh, managed by uh, Lord Jamar at that time but um, mm. before he's now managed by Rock Marciano's manager Jazz but before then I just I knew I was like when he finally like gets his confidence and in his bag like Stove God and he oh. didn't even have a name that's the great thing about it. he didn't even be he was still Aaron Cooks until so, so if you look some of his guests, he's been on other albums, but he's as Cooks or Aaron Cooks because he didn't have Stove God Cooks until he worked on that album with Rock Marciano, his uh, debut. So I love I love the combo of them together. No doubt. I feel like when I listen to this song in particular, this mm -hmm. song, I, I still go back to the time where, when we saw him live, Tia, with some of our people's. Yeah. And like he was, um, and the way he was performing, because like I'm thinking, all right, his albums are dope, but how can he pull this off live, like running yeah. around on this? And then I just looked at him, I was like, yo, that's it. Like yeah. he was like kind of amplifying his voice, but it wasn't like crazy enough to where he was running out of breath and he kept the delivery right. I was like, yeah, I'll be damned. So like hearing this song, it re it made me think about that. Like mm -hmm. I, I can't remember what um his last album was called. Marco Pelago is that what it was called? Uh, Marcia yeah. Lago. Yeah. Marcia Lago. I, I yeah. said it wrong. Yeah, he he performed at the Howard that when that yes, dropped, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just saying. Like it just goes to show you that um he's just that talented of an artist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like. He can spit. He he spits his verses live like he does on record. So yeah. if we're able to see shows again. I'm pretty sure he'll perform this exactly how he did it on record. Absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah. I find MCs often um, get into like trying to project mm -hmm. their verses for the room instead of the way it's on the record where they're projecting in a booth. Just mm -hmm. you know. It should be, I don't want to say conversational. I mean, you guys are the experts at this far more than, than me. I, I, you know, I, I kind of view it as an outsider, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times you're at a, you're at a, you're at a show and, and, and I totally understand. An MC's got to feel like I've got to fill this hall with my voice. Um, you know, and so yeah. sometimes they're, they're projecting more 
than what they're, you know, than and not holding back uh, uh, to match what's what's on the record. And I think the really skillful MCs do a good job, like like Artemis was just describing, of um, you know keeping that same timbre, keeping that same um, tempo, mm-hmm. keeping that same just just vibe that you have on the record when you did it in a booth. Um, doing that in a big hall and a big stage is is a real a real talent for sure. It's a real it's a especially when you have the tone of voice that Rock Marcy has because I th- I feel like right Artemis you can attest to this because you've got a really distinctive voice that kind of cuts through a lot of noise. I, I love that usually when performing with Artemis you you have oh. to sometimes have a separate mic for Artemis because he's got he's got a like you have a perfect <laughs> voice which is almost impossible for any human to have i don't know how you were blessed with it but it was it was given to you and that's a blessing Aww. but for rock marcy that's a that's a struggle for him as someone who's a got a lighter tone myself it's just you know it's hard to cut above the noise and be conversational oh you make me cry <laughs> you got the booming like yeah the, I, you know, come on when it comes on it's like everybody i love that everybody's like oh you kind of remind me of jay-z or ice cube because it's it's very you know if I if I didn't know anybody, I would think your father was a pastor. It's got is you got that kind of yep. a tone where you're in the room, you know it. Rock uh, Marcy has a challenge with with trying to do that. I I, I think it, his his tone, man, is just it's it's like no other, man. You know his homeboy, his homeboy Ka, ha, does that same kind of style too, and yep. he's different from him. Yeah, and they it's just like they. Mastered that style. I'm just like, how do you do that? Because now I want to see Cobb perform and do it kind of like how like Rock Marciano does it. I don't know. But, anyways, yeah, man, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And I love your tone too. Another, heard... yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We'll give it up. We'll give it up. We'll give it up to Artemis. But he's a super, super dope, dope MC. Um, yeah. Really quickly, and let's, let's jump a into Broadway. MC too. Oh my God. Yes, of course. Uh, let's. <laughs> Let's jump into Broadway, Billy, real quick Billy. before we do a uh, uh, mutual admiration society here. <laughs> I'm cold blooded. I need a cold in the summer. In the summer, I'm always by the stove like an old woman. This is home cooking. They ain't put the shit in the bucket. They broke the kid, left him stuck like a pen cushion. They kept it pushing. Push. No bullshit. Crept on the next jugs like a leopard in the bushes. All I can smell is pussy. There's no word to better put it. Dumped the big joint out the voice in Detroit. I had the cards on, niggas thought I was Royce. Left for moist. Collect toys with the extra coins. I'm poised. We mix the soda with opioids. We on that boy. Got a few plugs, pops, true boy. Uh-huh. It's true joy. As long as I don't lose my voice. All I need is a stool and one cue like schoolboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. I talk about no. Now that's a very minimalist beat. That's a very minimalist beat. Um, I mean, the, the drums don't even come in until I guess that's kind of a chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like there's wide swaths of that song where there's no drums at all, and it's just it just sounds like an orchestral theme. That he's that he's looping what, there. Yeah. Yep. So, what do you guys think of those? What do you guys think of those lyrics? Since those are obviously 
uh, intended to be brought to the fore. <laughs> that line he said. Like an old lady at Royce. the stove. The, old... <laughs> the, line, the line when he says they thought I was Royce was funny enough for me. Oh, I was just like, they thought you were Royce. I was like, hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> I've seen both of y'all before. Y'all look nothing alike. But that's the Car- it was the Cartier glasses. The Cardi, the Cardi's, because remember, Cardi's are a thing, which is interesting. That's a Detroit term. So they call Cardi's, right? right? And so Cardi's is a type of glasses that you wear in Detroit. And so that's why they thought he was Royce, because who nobody in New York is wearing Cardi's, <laughs> right? That's only Detroit. Yeah, so I thought true. that was so dope. And to give, of course, the the day the oh. the right? It's like got a few plugs, pause, true boy. I mean, come on, the day reference just was like, yep. yeah. That's another thing. He's he's cool with day soul. Solid. Yeah, you would Long Island, yeah. Yeah, you would never think of like you would never put two and two together, but they're actually like really down with each other. And yeah. I, I think you said in that same interview. That's crazy. <laughs> they all are. I mean, Long Island is they Long Islanders stick together. I love that. And yeah, that that one. I mean, for me personally, Cool Keith is just one of my. I mean, favorite legends. Um, the, the this was a feature of a feature. There's very few people that can yeah. sort of complement. I feel like Rock and Keith have a very similar, a little bit evenly killed delivery, and so. The fact that, like, come on, you can't pick a better part. Like, I don't know how this feature came together, but you couldn't have picked a better collaborator. You just couldn't have. Keith will rap over anything. Like, like Cool Keith will rap. Like, you have to let Cool Keith rap over everything that exists for him to rap on. You can't tell him not to rap on anything. You should be honored that he's on your album. Like, even if... Even if you're like not, you're like oh, I could have no, no, no. Keith does his thing. It's cool, Keith. You let you let him do his thing, regardless. Yes. He is- you know, this song reminds me. I know everyone has probably seen that iconic photo of Magic Johnson where he's flanked by Marilyn Monroe and uh, well, Madonna dressed as Marilyn Monroe. I'm sorry, and Eddie Murphy and uh, uh, Jack Nicholson and right, like it's it, he's just surrounded. Um, Magic Johnson yeah. is like the series seven game of Lakers um, versus the Celtics, I think. Anyway, the whole entire energy of that photo is a song for me. It's just like him draped with the <laughs> fur over his, like, what are you doing? You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just iconic moment. Mike Mike Tyson's in the background. It's just like, what are you, like, what is happening? And that song is this, it's like, it's Magic Johnson <laughs> dripped in fur um, in the nineties, you know, late eighties, whatever, early nineties. And it's just, this is it for me. This is a soundtrack that had to be playing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's good stuff. Crazy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. So I think our, uh, our collective view on the album for a listener and audience member of Grande Lac, uh, buy this record, stream it, listen to it. It's good. Um, we thought it, I thought it was good. Did you guys? I mean, are we are we all thumbs up and thumbs, thumbs up? Yeah, thumbs all up. Right, right. Thumbs up his discography for real. Yeah, yeah. Go back and check out. Yeah, Marci Laga and uh, oh god, like, like totally he has like a lot. Of it. This one is Mount Marcy. Mount Marcy. This is the most recent one. Yes. But it's the eighth studio album. So again, just if you go back 
into you know you have Rosebud's Revenge before Marcia Largo. Mm-hmm. You had you had a lot of great albums. So you you can go back to Mark Berg in 2010 was the original the, the first release. You go back there. I mean you know you get to see the transition of or the the trajectory of what it means to be MC producer where he sort of goes from having some produ- production to being all. And uh, yeah, great. How about the the Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, my diamond uh, changer, the climate changer, I'm playing with weather. You know, that you got to... Yes. That's when you know, because we talked about jewelry, right? Look, listen, when your diamond chain is a climate changer, that's how you know. Like, you, go. You, got ice, you got ice, okay? That's ice right there. That's like <laughs> Arctic ice. Really, he would really say that, too. That's the crazy... Glacial. Yes, <laughs> he, he, he low key kind of talks like that too. Like he has a, like yes. I don't know why, but when he interviews, he has like some like, game he throws in what he's telling you. He's like, ah, huh. yeah. I when I met him, I didn't know how because he does have that kind of thing, and I I gave him my 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 Sky God dog tags, and I said, listen, you know, this album has been completely inspired by you. If people say I'm the Sky God and you are. Sky God's, you know, requisite father. It just is yeah. the way that it would be. And so you're her fly father. And he, and he was very honored to take my, like I was giving them to the manager. I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to give them to the manager. And he said, no, no, you won't. Do you have one from, can I have mine? And I just thought that, and, and he said, next time, <laughs> next time I meet you, I want to make sure that I buy it. That's how you know it's real. He was like adamant. So he taught me yeah. in that moment, like, why are you giving me something for free? Your art is worth more. Next time, I'll buy it. Bam. Told me a lot. The art, the art is worth. The art is worth more than we make it worth. Uh, but yeah, no, that's great. That's a great story, actually. That's really awesome. So yeah, great, great album. We're gonna come back mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about our classic album for this week. We're gonna talk Gangstar Moment of Truth. Yes. All right. Yo, I got one lyric pointed at your head to start. Another one is pointed at your weak ass heart. Now, if I pull the trigger on these fully loaded lines, you're gonna wish I would have pulled a black nine. Yes, yes. That's Moment of Truth by the legendary, legendary gang star. We're gonna talk about the album Moment of Truth, 1998. Uh, comes out, gang star, obviously. The brilliant, brilliant DJ Premier uh, and the brilliant guru, uh, rest in peace. Just this album, um, this was actually my introduction to Gangstar. I kind of went back and, you know, got into like hard to earn and stuff like that after uh, uh, after hearing this one. Um, you know, my own memories, I was in law school uh, and was at a party and somebody was playing it and I like, any kind of jazz infected musical hip hop just has always has always touched me. And I just remember being like, well, what do we, what do we got going on here? What are, what are we listening to? And, um, you know, back in the CD days. So I'm like, I'm like, at, I'm like at a party reading, <laughs> reading liner notes on, on moment of truth. And, um, you know, just a, a great, great album, great album. Um, this was, you had like a four year period between 
it was it was hard to earn 94 and then moment of truth 98 and in between was when Ju guru did his jazz Mataz, uh albums which are amazing just amazing uh albums i mean if you're if you're like me like a fan of jazz inflected hip-hop um those guru jazz Mataz, like the mad lib blue note uh uh album i mean all the that kind of like in the 90s when when they took i guess i guess maybe what 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 q-tip brought to the to to popular hip-hop culture you know they they sort of like took it to that to that next level um mm -hmm. and dj premier just one of the i mean one of the all-time all-time great great producers so on that i don't know they see a mount rushmore producer is he up there with dilla and pete rock and those guys i don't know i think i put them up there so um i don't know what do you what you guys must have memories of this album you know when it came out what was going on in your lives at the time what's uh Oh. Tia, tell us, tell us. Uh, yes, for me, so this album is so interesting for me because Hard to Earn is my favorite um, Gangstar album. And for those people, like I said, for myself, gang, uh, Gangstar is much a foundation of my whole entire just discography, my whole entire career. But this album, I think, is interesting because this was during the course of while you know there was a lot of issues going on between the two this is when everybody thought gangstar was broken up right it was mm -hmm. guru was doing his own thing but there was also the fact that this is when he got arrested for having the pistol at LaGuardia you know yeah. this is when he had got the assault case for you know fighting someone it, it, it was it was all these legal things happening at that time and then I think you know this is also when he was battling alcoholism and so it's just who knew that, right? They, they were having so many issues and, and problems. Mm -hmm. And this is them fighting for now creative control. Do we even want the same thing anymore? And moment of truth, I thought now you put all of that together, like you said, sort of have their own paths. This is also during the time when, you know, Preem was making some of his greatest work for other Gangstar Foundation artists for Jeru and, you know, just, mm -hmm. uh, just a lot of other great things that happened in that time. Um, group home, a lot of that stuff. And so Bahamut we talked about like um yeah. the formations of some of the stuff that she started to make and so you get this coming in in 98 now that they're back you know sort of uh yeah. the stronger than ever and this shows that like all these trials and tribulations moment of truth because even the wording and the name of it right it's like this yeah for me that's where this album is for me yeah yeah artemis where you're uh you gotta have some some, some deep-seated memories from this one so all right i had to remember what was all dropping when this came out because this definitely was like one of the first tapes i i bought right when it just came out i usually didn't do that i was like waiting but this i was like oh yeah i'm, I'm buying this because hard to earn was in rotation for a long time yeah like, like tia said hard to earn is probably my favorite gangster album mm -hmm. um you got to keep in mind, this is around the time when um, a lot more of the No Limit albums were dropping. So, like, <laughs> Mysticals, Ghetto Fabulous, uh, Full Blood, uh, Full Blooded, <laughs> Mia X, Mama Drama. Wow. All them albums coming out. But then you had, like, Deep cut. But, see, but see, now, this is weird, though. You had stuff like the Beat Junkies, World Famous Beat Junkies Volume 1 drop. You also have, like, the first lyricist 
Lyricist Lounge album dropped on Rockers. Rockers is on, on the come up more. So uh-huh. this is like a, a very complicated time for hip hop. Like in 98, because I always thought the the reaching point was 97 for me at one point. Because I didn't know where hip hop was going after. Because 96 <laughs> was fire. 97 was like, what the hell is going on? And then like you get to 98, you're like, Man, what, the, what the fuck is really going on? That's what you wanted to ask. Moment of Truth came out, you were like, oh, this is fire. Thank you. Oh, Guru, Premier, thank you so much. And um, I remember just having this tape and listening to it over and over. Uh-huh. And I was just like, man, this is like, they're really like stepping the game up some more. I mean, yeah, Premier, like a level Premier, up. Like, yeah. they, it's like, it's not even like they had to improve or anything. It, they were already fire. They just, just mm-hmm. like showing y'all, you know, this is what it is now. And the bass lines were smoother a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they got they got more into like the working with like vocalists and everything, but kept it to their style. I was just like, man, okay. Like, this is what we need to hear. Uh, yeah. And I, and I feel like a lot of people reference this album, but they don't always reference it. I don't know how to put it, but I feel like it, it needs to be it needs to be heard more in that sense because everybody knows work. People know people know the song work because work has been in a few television shows, I think, in movies. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think everybody knows like some of the other cuts that's on the album like that. Um, yeah. Maybe a few of them. I mean, no Steez and all that, but I don't know. I feel like this album should get more praise, in my opinion. Well, now, when well, yeah. just to be fair, that is absolutely true. Now, that's interesting that this is the first gold album that Gangstar had ever had, and this is, you know, fourth album. So you think about the fact of, like, in their career, this is the first gold album. It's the first one to make number one on the Billboard 200. So it's like it was a, it was a massive release for them, for a group, I think, that everyone considered to be a formulation of what is underground, what was modern-day underground music in that time. Um, of, of sort of that scene. And yet you then, you know, especially for Boom Bap Underground, this was the gang star is it, you know? So it's, it's interesting that they broke sort of the concrete a little bit with Moment of Truth um, yeah. at the time it came around. So major. And so then he- of course the, uh, oh, just the fact that, um, remember it was used for Luke Cage. Um, yes, uh, yes. The whole so scene devoted to Gangstar but they used a lot of cuts specifically from and named episodes from uh, each episode after a Gangstar song, and they used a lot of Moment of Truth ones. So, so if you guys want uh, uh, a little time capsule from 1998, uh, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. All right. I get knocked down. Yeah, you I, I knew what you were saying, but you know, we weren't we were on <laughs> that, that back then. I I got you though. <laughs> Everybody was on that. Everybody I, I was, was on that. I feel you. Go ahead. <laughs> totally was. I feel you go ahead. All right. All right. You know my steez. Let's hit this. Let's hit this one. Let's hit this one. Hit it. <laughs> 
The beat is sinister. Primo makes you relax. I'm like the minister. When I be lacing the wax, I be bringing salvation through the way that I rap. And you know, and I know, I'm nice like that. Work through worldly problems. I got the healing power. When the mic's within my reach, I'm feeling more power. Still in at least three minutes of every rap radio hour. It's often easier for one to give advice than it is for a person to run one's own life. That's why I can't be caught up in all the hype. I keep my soul tight and let these lines take flight. The apparatus gets blessed and suckers get put to rest. No more of the unpure. I got the cure for this mess. The whackness is spreading like the plague. MC's locked up and got paid but still can't make the fucking grade. How many times I wanna be is gonna lie. Yo, they must wanna fry. They can't touch the knowledge I personify. I travel through the darkness. Yes. Yes. You know, and I know, I'm nice like that. <laughs> we know your steez, buddy. Great line. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know what? It's funny. This actually ties in nicely with our previous discussion of the Rock Marciano, the way kind of the minimalist beats bring the voice up. This yeah. is kind of like that same, this is the, that, that's that same um uh, uh, idea, uh, but with still, but, but, but with like the heavy right. drum, like not the drum taken out. Um, so, you know, it's one of those deals where Guru's not straining himself. He's not stressing himself. It's conversational. Yes. It's easygoing. It's just smooth. It's, it's head, not hip hop. You know, that's why I used yeah. to call this head, not hip hop. You know, that's, it's like, this is quintessential, uh, uh, quintessential head nod and and just like right out of that dj premiere mm -hmm. aesthetic of just kind of like laying a not terribly complicated but really really great great group yeah oh god so all right all right see you say you know the samples on this yes, album i know that's, and forwards. What that's do we a got? joe what do we simon sample uh i mean joe simon is is a dope just incredible was in a group um i forget the name of his group but that's drowning in the sea of love and that's like a huge album from from 72 it's a r&b soul like most people love r&b soul music but i feel like just guru and preem you know when people think about like they they were such masters of jazz they were just as much masters of of the r&b 70 soul samples soul. like yes. you know you just gotta love that um yeah, I, I I just love the fact that, that it's it, that was written by Gamble and Huff for those people who like 70 souls, right? So like Preem knows his stuff and like you can't go wrong with Gamble oh, and yeah. Huff. Yep. Put him on something. Leon Huff will get you through a day. So that sample is one of my favorites. No doubt. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. You are you you are you are the master of the sample. sample oracle. That's why, I, that's why I put you on the spot. That's why that's why this is this is why I don't feel bad. This is why I don't feel bad putting you on the spot and be like, Tia, what's that yeah. sample? Because you 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 come with Joe Simon drowning in the sea of love sample on uh, on uh, I know I know so um, yeah, Artemis, what were your thoughts on on this one? Oh, so the drums always got me because I feel like a lot of people after they heard Primo use these drums, mm -hmm. they try to copy them. I try to like flip up the patterns and make them sound a certain way, but you can't do it because those drums are way too distorted sounding and you can pick them out. You're like, oh, you got that from, you know, my steez. Because everybody know them drums at this point. In the video, okay, 
the video. I can't remember what that was from. I, I can't remember if that was from a movie or whatever. But y'all remember the video? It was crazy looking. Yes. It was like some futuristic, like it was. It was to me. It was the. Yo. It was the. It was the classic '98. It was kind of him becoming the bald head slick a little bit, because it was classic '98. Oh, yeah. Kind of, kind of yeah. like I don't know if they were making fun of the jiggy. Or, I, I don't really know, but it was very silvery and ha- it, it was just some interesting '98 stuff. It was very. Yeah. 98. That video was strange, and I liked it. It was just different for a gang star because, you know, you yeah. remember them from, like, what, like the the Mass Appeal video, of course, the yep. Suckers Be Bodyguards or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever else. And all of a sudden, they're just, like, in some futuristic setting. You're like, what the hell happened? People walking around <laughs> You know, the black vinyl yeah. suit. And I don't know if it's American Horror Story thing. It, it is very, it is just an like, interesting video. I, yeah. Not too many people talk about the video, but we have to talk about it because the video was so so crazy to me. I was like, I'm still rocking with his gang star. I don't care. I was just like, what, what's all this, though? I don't get it. So I liked it, though. It was dope. That we, have to, we have to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a fire video, though. I ain't going to lie. I just... I just never thought I'd see Gangstar in like spacesuits in like the year three thousand. I just never thought I'd see it. <laughs> just being real. Just being real. No, I don't think any of us ever thought that. No. I don't think any of us right. ever thought that. But uh, hey, man, an artist yeah. is going to make choices. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. The next, the next, the next song we're gonna we're gonna talk about here is Royalty. We got some features with uh, Casey Haley, yes. JoJo Haley. Um, you know, features is something Tia. I know you wanted to talk about on this album, but uh, yeah. let's listen to let's listen to royalty first, and then we'll we'll kind of we'll dig into this song, and maybe that'll springboard us into talking Perfect. about some of the features. One of the meanest and the cleanest And still I'm kind of fiendish when I'm at this Been doing this for eons Peons, best to catch this Vision of excellence Precise rapping ability About to make some dead presidents Back in the millions, G The money, though It's got people acting funny, yo As soon as some niggas get some light They be like dummies, yo Products and puppets and pawns Getting played out When authentic niggas step up Respect be laid out Major effect to your sector I'm the corrector Live and direct Waving my mic like a scepter Supreme, exalted Universal leader, descendants of the kings and queens, the overseer, the overlord, cream of the crop, creme de la creme. Spent years dealing with cats in the streets, so they my men. Again, Gangstar has done it. Remember too much jewels back in the days, you'd have to run it. Check it, the ground be hot under our feet, so we be listening to beats to keep the cypher complete. Whether you kids be holding on the block all day, or you be puffing lot out in the back hallway, or whether you be in school, or in the library, wherever you are, baby, Paul, realize that you're Essence is divine, son, and let it shine, son, as we refine, son. Hey, yo, this shit will blow your mind, son. We're royalty. Mm. Yes. Man. That, that one That one is one of my, that's one of my favorite tracks ever by Gangstar. Um, <laughs> and talk about videos, I just want to say the contrast, which is so funny. This video to me is quintessential Gangstar. It's, it's, it's. You know, lots of, of dark colors. It's Prem on the turntables. It's you know, Guru sitting in a chair with on uh, with the you know cane in his hand, kind of with the you know lion head on it. It's all these images of New York, Tretch, and right. you know all of the. It, it just it is so like New York. It's basketball courts and you know 
dusty sort of grimy scenery the whole thing is just to me like for artists we talked about before coming into this how two artists from very different ecosystems from boston and new york i mean boston and and, and dallas make a sound that is quintessential new york and this video for me is that so and then just adding jojo and casey also artists who are not from there but i feel like who embody this and then i thought like come on the billy paul sample that's that's one of the um yeah that no that's not a billy paul that you know what that's a Lattimore. that's a Lattimore sample uh let's do it in oh, slow motion mm. and that's another mm. yeah uh-huh. that's another great soul again soul where people think about the jazz right soul and blues was a lot on this album um i mean there's no better that's a blues fault hall of fame Benjamin William Lattimore, okay? That's one of the greatest. And I just feel like using that sample, perfect. Can't get a better one. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm writing down all your samples. <laughs> yes. I'm writing them down. I'm writing them down because I, uh, you guys know I'm a, I'm a blues and R&B guy. Yeah, I love so. Lattimore. Let's <clears throat> do it in slow motion. It's a yeah. great song, but yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like Lattimore this was records. that time all through the 90s when hip-hop artists were really mining soul and R&B, funk, um, you know, jazz. Uh, they were just really going back and mining all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, so much. This is, why, this is why the 90s were so, to me anyway, like formative in hip hop. It was, mm-hmm. it was hip hop leveling up from what it was in the eighties, um, yeah. you know, which was, which was the, you know, the turntable scratching and, and, and this was, you know, just getting really rich, lush samples um, yeah. and, and, and just looping them over and over again. And, yes. and again, another classic, you know, Guru's flow is just so on point, you know, it, it feels like, there's no wasted motion. Um, you know, there's no, uh, um, you know, everything he's doing is, is it's, it's technical and it's complex, mm-hmm. but he makes it sound easy. You know, he yep. makes it sound really easy. And of course. Again, premiere production, just always, always on point. So. And look, y'all, Casey and JoJo singing over it. Look, man, I had a beef with R&B in the '90s, and I'm and and, and I don't want to say it was like too bad. Here we go. Here I had we a go. beef with R&B. I did. I did, man. Anyway, it's like hip hop would sample for R&B, then R&B would sample with the hip hop people sample and make it sound crazy. I was like, man, y'all are messing it up. We sampled it first. You don't get to sample it again. Make it sound cool. I ain't like that. So with this though, I was like, on a serious note, I'd like that uh, I like that um Casey and JoJo sing on it because I was like, we we haven't heard a lot of R&B artists sing over this kind of production, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like, dang, that's it's like hardcore and smooth. Guru is so killing sweet. it with the verses. Yeah, yeah, it was just like just so nice. And now at the end, if you pay attention, Premier did this again. On the, on on another song, or what we talked about, you know, my steez. He left a drum break open at the end. Yeah, and as, like as people, he, that is definitely yes. I guess I never picked. Yeah, yeah. And, and people would try to take those drums too. 
And then, and, and you know what was interesting is that to add to that, after this song, Preem goes on a huge rant, like where he actually says he mentions fake ass producers and those yep. revealing where they get their samples because at the time, right? So it was, a, I think, a thing of like people going in, taking the same samples, and then trying to like once I've done it. You don't need, don't go and sample this album again. Don't go sample the album, but take yeah. another part from Lattimore, not this same part. Because, but now we're in a whole different era where that's just so acceptable. You know, in the era that Prem said it, that would have been frowned upon. But now people are like, you sampled that? Okay, I'm going to take the same refrain and I'm going to sample, I'm just going to pitch it down. Same thing. You know, let's go. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I didn't put, I never put that together, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly right. All right. Uh, so the next song we're going to talk about, the last song we're going to talk about here on this album, song "Betrayal," and uh, Artemis, you were uh, wanting to hear and talk about this one. What's what moves you about this this track here? Man, look. So with Premier being from Texas, being from the <laughs> South. I am glad that he was able to get Scarface on a track with him and Guru mm -hmm. and actually just pushed to the forefront of just like Southern hip hop even sounding like this, maybe, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was just such a perfect combination. Um, yeah. The song of what it speaks of just, it was just so dope, man. Mm -hmm. And it surprised me because you would never put two and two together. You're like, wait a minute, Scarface is down with Gangstar? Really? And you're like, you know what? I can see that actually. When you hear the song, you're like, oh, this yeah, man, it works. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm probably the only person as of unpopular opinion. When I first heard this album, my father is a you know huge war. I mean, God, I I sometimes I didn't know that they were even from L.A. Listen, I thought they were from D.C. because the way that he plays war, but it just. It was a soundtrack of my childhood. I didn't even know they were from the 70s, right? I'm thinking like this war is killing it in here. And this is like, you know, 97. <laughs> so I deliver the world for me is a very interesting. Preem decided to loop that. And it's such an unoriginal loop. It's a two second loop. It's, it's, it's nothing done to the song originally. And um, I don't know, there, a part of me who war is one of my favorite bands, um, I yes. just—it's very hard to 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 feel connected. I guess I don't know the song for years. I did not like betrayal for that reason. I thought Preen could have done something more creative. He should have chopped this sample. Why did he just do this two-second loop? <laughs> and it was the beginnings for me of what I call when Preen lazy Preen and lazy Preen is is has been carrying throughout. I mean, ever so often he grabs a two second loop, but let's just let's just say what it is, you know. And this was it for me, lazy production. But it doesn't. But sometimes, and 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 Artemis and Ian, y'all have said this throughout the the shows that we've had. That sometimes those loops are what's golden. You it, you don't need to do anything to it. It's such a yep. magnificent thing. Now, mm -hmm. with that said, that primo touch on that sample. It did work because a couple of people tried using that same sample and failed. It didn't yeah. work so well. That's the crazy <laughs> part. I don't know why. No. Some something something they 
the DJ Premier does. It's just like, oh, you made it sound right. You try to sample it, it sounds like, uh, <laughs> ain't what you hear. He's got know. the magic. He's got the magic. He's, He's got, got the, the magic. magic. Yes. But yeah. All right. Let's, All right. let's, let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear betrayal. Let's get into this one. Yes. Scandalous. Money, greed, and lust. In this trife life, there ain't nobody you can trust. Plus, there's no justice, it's just us. In fact, watching your back, it be a must. And each and every day around the way, gads bust. And jealous so-called friends will try to set you up. It's called betrayal. Check the horror scene. The kid was like 12 or 13. Never had the chance like other kids to follow dreams. Watch his father catch two in the dome into the spleen. Nothing but blood everywhere. These streets are mean. They spared his life but killed his moms and his sister Jean. Of course, over some drug shit. His pops was on some ill out. Spill your guts out on some thug shit. Didn't know his boys was on some shady no love shit. His pops. Mm. Yeah. Man. That's, uh, so that sample, that war sample, that's, that's basically just like a, that's a Rhodes, right? I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. one of my, I have, there, there are certain sounds in music that just kind of touch me beyond, you know, anything like, like mm-hmm. early Miles Davis playing his trumpet with like a, a um, um, Mute. Why am I? Oh. Why am I? The mute. The mute. I'm blank. Yeah. I'm totally, totally <laughs> blanked out on that. Miles, Miles okay. with the mute on his trumpet is like one of my very favorite sounds. Anybody playing a Fender Rhodes is just like that does it for me. That absolutely does it for me. Yeah, I agree. And that's I such that's a great, a, such a great song. It is a and good see, song. <laughs> and see, you, you threw me off because I thought that sample was chopped, and you said it was just like. It's a, it's a simple loop. Man, it's I'm a like, straight loop. Yeah. 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 It is straight. Clever. It's yeah. clever. Simple and clever. it's interesting because it's the first, what also I think, right. We distinctly love Prem because even when he did do straight loops, sometimes he would, he would sample into the record. So he would never pick like deliver the world comes It's the intro. You know what I mean? So it almost is almost an original <laughs> in yeah. any way. But, then, but again, to that point about loops being like, it is an essence of hip hop and Artemis. You argued this on, I've seen battling online about how quintessent, how critical and integral the idea of looping and even sampling is in hip hop. And this is one of those examples. I feel like mm-hmm. some do it right and some just don't do it right. Did it right. It's real. It's real. This album, this album is a classic. It's a classic. It's uh, you know, I mean, Guru at the height of his at the height of his flow and skills. DJ Premier really fully come into his own by the time this album comes out. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's one that definitely, definitely uh, was meaningful for me. It had, you know, I, I, I came into it at a, at a place in time where um, I wasn't up on, on everything that was coming out. I had a lot of things going on in my life. I was in school. Um, and then hearing this just kind of like, oh, I've been missing out and was missing out on like really, really key stuff in the, the like early to mid 90s. So it really pushed me to get back into a lot of that stuff and kind of like led me back on a on a journey back into music. I had played a lot of music in high school and college. And then, you know, when I got to law school, I kind of 
stopped playing. Um, and so this is, was, I don't want to say like the album that made, that got me back into it, but it kind of like led me back on that journey to playing and creating um, art and music again. So uh, this is a classic for me, Gangstar, Moment of Truth. Um, yeah. If you have an opportunity, dig back into this one. You will not be disappointed if you're if you're an old head like us. So, and if you're in law school, because listen, one of the greatest things, or you talk about folklore with law, obviously Guru was in the process of what people thought would be convicted and going to prison for gun possession and assault. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. why they made the album and released it. That's what brought them back together. But anyway, the, the around the, the album artwork, when he's, uh, they rented the courthouse in Manhattan and then he's sitting in that, um, I, I've heard Preem talk about how powerful the moment when like Guru is sitting by himself in the jury section. Yeah, just exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Too Great many memories stuff. with this album. Yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> So many memories. Now I know I was talking about this earlier, but like the the mall song is still like the song that trips me <laughs> out because there's not another song that sounds hardcore about shopping at all. Like I I just I heard it at first. I was like, man, maybe the next time I, I shop for anything, I need to look that hardcore. I need to be I need to be that <laughs> gangster about whatever I buy. And mm -hmm. like the way like because they have they featured like G Dev and um. Uh, I can't remember the other person that was featured on the album on that track. Sugar, sugar, it's so many features on this album. Yeah, so many. Yeah, so many features um, that you'll yeah. never hear again. Crumb Snatches on this album. Yeah, Crumb Snatches. Mean, was on. You know, Freddie Fox obviously and Big Suge who are right. MOPs on this album. It's it's Hannibal stuff. Like it's so many. It's the for Gangstar who didn't do a lot of features. This is yeah. the heaviest one of all the albums. Oh, Inspector oh, Deck yeah. one of the you know. Most important deck, yeah. tracks, yeah. Yeah, we yeah we didn't talk about about the. About I was surprised we didn't talk about that with with your love of yeah. beer and that there's a a beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking that's about? Great. <laughs> that's great. You that's know what? Great. There was a video. There was a video for uh, Militia. I even, I I forgot about that too. There was a video for Militia, yeah. and this yeah, is the right, only album. Right. And this is the only album where there was an additional producer, and we talked about this because mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't know if I was right or not. She knows what yeah, she guru. wants. It's not, yeah, it's produced by Guru. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Crazy. That's right. Great so. stuff, man. This is a uh, uh, a really deep album that you can dig back into, and hopefully listen to it uh, with fresh ears and uh, a fresh perspective on the album. It was definitely fun for me to uh, to get into this one, just as it was with the uh, Rock Marciano album as well. Listen, guys, that's Grande Lock for this week. Um, Tia, Artemis, so much fun chopping it up on hip hop with you guys. I thank yes. you. Um, so Grande Lock, if you have made it through to the end, we would be honored if you would rate, review, subscribe, you know, however, however you get your content. Um, make us make us part of it. Make us part of your 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 content diet. Uh, we thank you for letting us into your brain. We are a uh, Dogface District Dogface Studios production. The great Marcus Donovan, the pasteurized chef, uh, on the production tonight, doing great as always, um, guys. That's it. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs> Peace.